thermal sound wave, wave, thermal sound wave, wave. Thermal sound waves, radio, track life, radio boys. C2 Kev Lawrence, Kev Lawrence, C2 right here. We're here. Another guest of ours right now. Yes, yes, indeed. Right here on the natural alternative to fast food radio, yeah. track life radio. <laughs> track life it's radio. Thermal sound waves. Big up to everybody all across the globe, yeah. catching this all worldwide, universes and galaxies beyond as well. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's waves, it's, it's energy that's floating throughout there. So yeah. you never know who could be catching this and who could be listening. And, right. uh, you know, we, we vibrating on a different type of frequency for those that understand that. But that's a whole nother situation I'm not going to get into. But <clears throat> you made it a hotline. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah, we got the author of that book that's here with us live in studio. The most influential lines in hip hop, Mr. Alfred. OBSC. 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 How you doing? Okay. How you guys doing? Great, great, well. man. And before we get into anything, man, I just want to say um, congratulations and, and glad that you're here. You Thank made you. it. <laughs> because, I made it and, and I made it a hotline. Yeah. Exactly. Because, you know, there's a story behind that because yeah. you were dealing with some issues. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that. Oh, yeah. That. No, no problem. <clears throat> no problem. Okay. Wherever you want to start. <clears throat> yeah. The, the, <clears throat> it was a possibility that you would not have been here with us tonight oh yeah no absolutely or anywhere <laughs> given the, the health situation that you so had. about a year ago for a few minutes i wasn't here with you guys uh i was playing basketball with my company team and i'm like yeah, i'm tired i'm gonna go sit on the bleachers woke up in the hospital a week later in a coma so a week later, a week later. so wow. i the clinical term for it is died my heart stopped beating and it was essentially a wrap. Had it not been for the fact that there was a defibrillator in the building and I was two blocks away from the hospital and someone in the gym knew CPR, this conversation is not happening. Wow. Now, let's... Let me put this down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a reason why... Right, I'm, started I off with that. <laughs> I had to... Con blessings that you're here. Thank you, sir. Every year... See Truth and myself are in the Bronx, New York, mm -hmm. at a school in PS87, the northeast section of the Bronx, mm -hmm. Wakefield section of the Bronx. And we have back to school events. Okay. The one is coming up this September 10th. Mm -hmm. And where we give away school supplies, give away bikes, scooters, skateboards mm -hmm. to children, music playing, put them on TV, yeah. video music box, WNYC TV. Okay. And out of our own pocket. A big shout to uh, two guys for that try to help out help us out with whatever they could. Yeah, local stores, mom and pop, they tried their best. Yeah, and I we salute them. And uh, yes, big up to him. Yes, H I M, his Imperial Majesty and the whole crew. Uh, and my other guy that gave up electronics, he gave us an iPad to give to a kid. Uh, shout out to them and whoever else. I mean, I forgot. I apologize, but we also bring health services to the back school events and people don't understand people don't understand the magnitude of learning how to do cpr we had a cpr shout to the uh the fired fdny mm -hmm. they came down i forgot the gentleman's name i am so i i apologize him and his crew came down and brought out dummies yeah it's about a good like what was it, like six dummies yep See? Yep, and we really mean dummies. We're not trying to be funny. We mean like CPR dummies. CPR dummies, mm -hmm. and we had the kids and adults 
we ordered them to learn how to do, how to do uh, CPR. They was like, can we get the bikes? No, no, no. First, you got to learn how to do that. Yeah. And we videotaped it. And then the parents like, all right, what's next? No, no, no. No supplies yet. First, you got to learn how to do that. Yeah. And some of them, I mean, kids are kids. Children are children. They're looking at Listen, man. All right, whatever, man. Some of them was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. Some of the parents was like, I don't really want to know how to do that. I don't know about that. I got to get down on my knees. But it's like, all right. But what happens when it's you in that position or somebody that's it's happening to around you, you can't save their life. What if that's your child? You want somebody to know how to do it to save their life. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh I wouldn't even say it's an undervalued skill. It's something that I think a lot oh, more people need to uh it's undervalued. <laughs> yeah. Very underappreciated. And I, I don't know if people feel like it's because you don't look cool doing it. No, it's just something again, like I, I think it's just part of a a, a culture kind of thing. If you make it a thing that's mandatory, if it'll eventually become mandatory. There was a point in time where we didn't wear seatbelts, where people would actually make fun of you if you had your seatbelt on. Now I feel weird in a car without a seatbelt because there was a whole huge campaign that they went and they had that whole shift in wearing your seatbelt because forget how it's cool, whether it makes you look cool or not, it'll save your life. So until something like that happens with CPR, it's going to kind of stay where it is. Well, wow. Shout shout everybody out there that teaches CPR. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to people that, you know, when people realize uh, how uh, how soft the sternum could be, so you have to do it properly because oh, you could break somebody's uh, ribs easily. You will break somebody's ribs easily depending yeah. on the situation. Yeah. Ribs will be broken. Uh, but just, you know, just getting the heart going. And I... C and I, we lost one of our friends that was at one of our birth our birthday events. Oh wow! Sorry to hear that. Uh, he passed out in his car, and you know, by the time they got him, they when his friends found him and tried to rush him to the, to the hospital. Yeah, a lot of people got to understand you have only but so many minutes before yeah. you have to you know have successful CPR and resuscitate the, the person or the patient because that means that less oxygen is going to the brain. It almost has to be immediate. Exactly. Like, yeah. And that person so, could have brain loss yeah. because of that. And I, mean, I was, saw what happens. I was even on the, when they were going to transport him from one hospital and they had to put him in a helicopter and actually ride. And I, I just said, no, nah, I'm not going to ride. I'll drive my car. And I'm yeah. like, I'm seeing what can happen to somebody. You know, it's, again, <laughs> my friends and family, it happened to me, but it didn't happen to me. Because I'm the one, I'm unconscious, I'm in the coma. So yeah, emotionally, see, right. I'm not going through anything. Right. But to see their looks on their faces when I came to and just the the looks on their faces now still, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily want to be on any side of that again. Definitely Putting not. someone through it or being the one going yeah. through it. So it's very fortunate and blessed Absolutely. for that whole situation. Absolutely. Definitely. And, and people out there take care of your health. I mean, not not to say there was anything wrong yeah, with no, your that's health. Yeah, no, I was, yeah. But I'm just saying fluke. in general, <laughs> just like people. What's the official, uh, it's idiopathic myo something. Yeah. There was I mean, no rhyme or reason to it. I was on the court playing basketball in the middle yeah. of a weight loss challenge. And it doesn't have to be. It, it could be anything just yeah. out of the blue. Like, you just never know. You never know. You know. So, but, absolutely take it care of yourself. But some people are just reckless, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where they're on that path. Yeah, the hamburger lovers. To, yeah, they need to take care of themselves, like, yeah. better off. But you hear... You you got this book out, 
you made it a hot line, mm-hmm. the most influential lines in hip hop volume one. Volume one. Now what sparked this 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 book? What made you put this out? So I started um a bit of a background. I used to work in finance. So I was at Lehman Brothers when that ship started to sink. Ah, yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> so we're all in our cubicle. Man, essentially. Hot job. Now, did you, what, what, their warnings, did you see it coming or? No, they, they really weren't. It just happened. I that. think the only, the warnings that it, it, in Lehman Brothers were more or less indicative from other firms. And it's so funny when it happened to Bear Stearns, you know, you have the town hall where everyone gets together and you calm down the villagers and, you have your planted questions, and one of the questions that I came up with was, do you think that what happened to Bill Stearns could happen to Lehman? I remember asking that question, like, around March and April. and like, no, absolutely, we're, we're liquid, this, that, and the third, yada, yada, yada. September 11th, a different 9-11th game, mm, yeah. and, uh, yeah, yeah, we were no longer solvent liquid. And we were, but a long story short, right. Lehman you, and Lehman. Right. Did you right. feel like your life was, like, fun with Dick and Jane? Not really, because I wasn't that high up for it to have that much of a <laughs> drastic effect oh. on my livelihood. Like I'm, I'm, That's a very good movie. No, it is. It People is. People laugh at it because, you know, it's comical, but, no, it's, but it's a it's very some, good movie. You, It's amazing what can happen when a, your economic bracket rapidly uh, changes. Yeah, and that can happen <clears throat> easily. Yeah. A lot I of windows understand. Yeah, exactly. Thank God the windows don't open. Yes. So, so yeah, like I said, That's we're one of the reasons why. Yeah, I know, I know. So, like, we're there, and everyone has all this time on their hands, and we just start having random discussions and random email debates. So, friends are emailing back and forth and about random things, and I'm starting to get the feedback of, "You can write," and I'm like, "What are you talking about? It's an email. Like, I'm not trying to impress you with. I'm just trying to win the argument, whatever it is. Right. So, but <laughs> but I'm getting this constant feedback of, "You can write. You can write." So just eloquently arguing, right? Essentially. So I'm like, you know what? After every, I have all this downtime. I got my severance. Well, what am I going to do? I started blogging. Mm, okay. And that's when the snowball was like, you can write. Like, you can really write. Then I start hearing, if you if you wrote a book, I would buy it. Ah, okay. I'm like, hmm, if I wrote a book, what would it be about? I produce hip-hop music. I grew up in hip-hop culture. Like, hip-hop, I love it more than... Absolutely. So I'm like, okay, write about what you know. That's like the common phrase. So I'm like, you know what? If I were to write a book, I'd write about hip-hop. Now write what about hip-hop? There are listicles going on, top five that are alive, greatest album, greatest this, greatest that. But I think why the book, and I'm not just saying it because I'm the one who wrote it. I think one of the reasons why it has a unique perspective is because it's something that can only be written if you were immersed in the culture. Right. Like it's not a Billboard Top 100 list. Like it's something where, okay, I, I can tell you why today was a good day on a surface level. But if you grew up in, in the 80s and 90s, you understand on a more visceral level why that why although nothing great happened that day the fact that it was a normal day made it a good day and you can have empathy for that if you experienced a day in the 90s right so that that was essentially the uh you know the idea for it and the the pieces that you picked out um of course you didn't there there are so many things you could have could have picked why did you narrow it down to these pieces that you have or I, i it is volume one, so I it's think it is, there's going to be more. But Started with Lord knows what, got it down to 80. Then I'm like, okay, I know my demographic, I know my audience. No one in hip-hop wants to read an anthology. Yeah. More importantly. What is, what is an anthology? No, an anthology in that anthology. everything that's ever been written about hip-hop in one book. 
Gotcha. Like if I tried to chronicle eighty, that big. yeah, eighty lines times three, we're in, this is generation X, generation Y. We're not real. Unless it's Game of Thrones, we're not really trying to do any large books. Part two is I wanted the book to actually have more of a meaning to hip hop culture than just the content. So even the way it's styled, it's a composition book. If you're familiar with hip hop and and the culture, MCs used to write their rhymes in composition books. So I'm like, if I'm writing right. if I'm writing a book about hip hop lyrics, what better format than a composition book? So I, from a stylistic perspective, I'm already a third of the way there. Mm. So those are like kind of the driving factors that made me go down on that path. Absolutely. So as, as it relates to the lines, like I said, I got 80, and then I got to 21, and I'm like, you know what? This one is dope, and that one is dope, and I was really trying to make it 50 initially. And I'm like, you know what, man? I'm I'm trying too hard. I'm going to get to a point that it's comfortable and then we can do volume two because there's nothing that any one chronicle will, will satiate. If you're a hip-hop fan, the predominant argument from this book is, yo, where Nas at? There's always, <laughs> well, there, there's always going to be that, but that's hip-hop. That's the, and that's the beauty of it, you know what <laughs> right. I mean? So FYI, Nas is in volume two twice over, so <laughs> all you queens cats can leave me alone. You got most definitely volume two? Cause uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned this one. Is, there's no most, def, most definite. <laughs> According to the committee, aka me, I right. did a lot of. Research. <laughs> this is honest. You mentioned the committee a lot too. Yeah, I did a lot of research for most def, and although Miss Fat Booty may be in consideration, so fat you can see it from the from um from the front. Well, you have one right. of the pictures in here. That's. Yeah, that's for <laughs> that's for Mix a lot. That's for Mix a lot. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, ooh, I was like, educational. This, ooh. So like, yeah, although that's the closest, I don't think it's prevalent. And like, again, it's a subjective. Who am I to Absolutely. tell anyone what's influential or what's exactly. not? I don't think it was influential enough. Influential enough to trump the ones that I have that are there. But just a-, a lot. What about Az? Az mm. was a bit of a fight because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have two lines and, and Nas's second joint. But one of those lines is Az is the one who actually said it. Okay, so that's gotcha. why I'm like it's 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 off the Life's song. Up. So we, yeah. we, 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 <laughs> we know, know we know where we're going with that one. <laughs> yeah, so but in this one, just so people can get an idea, you, mm-hmm. you had Notorious B.I.G. in there, mm-hmm. Queen Latifah, uh, P Diddy, surprisingly, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I get but there was it, it, it was money. a good good purpose Everybody in that. I wrote for mm-hmm. uh, Eminem, mm-hmm. uh, Old Dirty Bastard, mm-hmm. LL. Drake. Shout out to everybody that wrote for you. That's the one that kind of turned my head. Uh, oh, com- yeah, I'd love to explain that, though. Common but. Sense, Atropos. Oh, you will. Have a chance. Don't worry. Uh, Ice Cube, Kanye West, Raekwon. Just, mm-hmm. just to name a few of them that you have in there. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, why did Drake in, in there? Get him to the Drake. Again, the most influential lines in hip-hop. It is influential. Not the most original. <laughs> And Glad you pointed that out. If you if you've never heard the song, you know what YOLO means. Like it's it's influential to the extent that I think a year or two ago, some kid had a car accident. And he was doing 120, and apparently his last words were YOLO. Like there's a there's a moving um snowboarding during the uh, Winter Olympics that called the YOLO flip. There's a restaurant in mm-hmm. Miami called I think it's called That's where Club it YOLO. From. I believe that's where it really was before. Well, anyway, but either which way, you are correct, though. Yeah. yeah that's an info. That's very And that's what I mean. Like, if, line. if you look at it from a why is Drake, why is Diddy in here, you're more than, li- more than likely looking at it from an 
influential MC perspective, and that's not the purpose of the book because if, if, if it's influential MC, then Nas goes on page one. But if it's all about influential lines, and we're talking about uh, the modern day parables that drive our vernacular, so YOLO is something you will hear more frequent than not, and the source is Drake. The last time I heard anybody say vernacular was Mike Tyson in the movie Black and White. <laughs> and I was like, I never heard that word before. And the way he said it was like he really studied that word for a long time <laughs> and was waiting to get it out at the right time, which he did. That was in the movie Black and White that came out in like, what, 2000 or or whatever. One of those, did, but it was like, the movie, Robert Downey Jr. was in that movie, but I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's so funny. Mike has a penchant for using uh, big words, but they're always properly placed. Yes. Maybe unnecessary, yes. but the context and the, the meaning is correct. So. I swear that was not in the script <laughs> when he said it. Right. You know, hey, brother, my vernacular, you know. That was a, shout out to Power, I think, from, uh, uh, from uh, Wu-Tang. Oh, yeah. He was in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was. Interesting movie, that was. Very A lot of different, like, people coming together <laughs> in that like, movie. It's like, is this? yeah, it's like, what's going like, on? What but, is this? But, but Mike Tyson said vernacular, and he slapped Robert Downey Jr. And I know that was a real slap, and Robert Downey Jr. just took it. Right. And he was like, just, just, you know, just hit me. You know, Mike, you know, I just, yeah. you know, you're just acting. But Mike. Is Mike. He tried to like he tried to hold it back, but it's still connected in a way. <laughs> and I know that face Robert Downey Jr. had when he got hit. That wasn't acting. That was a real uh, reaction. That's hilarious. Vernacular. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's thermal sound waves, a natural alternative to fast food radio, track life radio. We have the hey. author here with us live in the studio. The book is called You Made It a Hotline, the most influential lines in hip hop volume one. Alfred. OBSC is here with us in studio. Now, you have four criteria or four guidelines mm -hmm. to picking uh, the pieces that you did. What would, what are the four guidelines that you use? So, essentially, one of them is a dynamic. And even though I wrote the book, I have to uh, <laughs> make sure. <laughs> you got to reference your own I book. I got to reference my own book. Uh, so, yeah. I want to plagiarize. <laughs> Melania so, Trump. So, let's refer to the committee, which is you. Which is me. So, so like Michelle Obama said. Um, delivery, <laughs> right, was absolutely one of the right. like the I, I, what's the word I'm looking for here criteria under which I use it. So it's not just a question of saying it, but how how it was said. Diversity is also another uh, component that I absolutely was 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 relevant to me in that Jay Z could have said or covered every single social topic that's in this line and has Rakim has Kane had if the, any prominent M MC has. But no one wants to read Decoded Part 2. So what I wanted to do was essentially take socially relevant topics, pair them up with lines that are also prominent. And the third component of that was also finding an artist that wasn't the same artist saying the same thing over and over and over again. Because, like I said, to give the book just a little bit more, make it more robust, make it more dynamic. 30 Queen Latifah lines is cute, but if it's from different people, it just makes it more of an engaging read. Probably one of the most... Influential Quinlati for lines probably is not even a rhyme. It's just that saying, who you calling up. And the, that's like, that I mean. was like, wow, you don't call them. A, don't yeah. call them that because <clears throat> there'll be problems. But then years, decade later, you, it is what it is. You go down certain parts of the South. That's like saying, hello, miss. And, and I'm like, it blew my mind when I saw that. I was like, yo, he called it, he called it the B word. And it was like, hey, yeah. what's up? I'm like, 
She didn't slap him. It's a regional thing. It's an absolute yeah. regional. I mean, even even when it was an insult at the height of insult, the Apache had a song called "Gangsta," right? And that was the height of yes. the same way I need a roughneck. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the same way I needed a roughneck, every dude wanted to be a thug, and and, and I need a gangster. Everybody yes. wanted a shorty who was holding it down. No, there was right. a point. kind of crazy to me because I'm like, why if she like want a roughneck? And I see all these guys here. Doesn't she? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clean carpets. So and, uh, I was confused. Uh, and another one Shout of the crazy. I was confused. Though. I was confused. Because <laughs> as a guy, I grew up, I was like, I want to get rough now because I got to go on like MC Light. You know, just maybe not MC Light. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, you know, but then you realize MC Light don't even like you. She is the rough <laughs> She is the rough Hey. <laughs> hey. And uh, um, another one of the characteristics was popularity in that in order for it to be influential, had to have been heard. So I'm sure there's a prof- prolific MC out there that can body everyone in this book. Right. However, if no one knows who you are, it's going to be hard <laughs> to render you influential. <laughs> So with that in mind, like that's what I'm saying. Those are the primary guidelines under which the lines were. Because it, it couldn't just be willy-nilly. You know, I think it's dope. So remember what AZ said on that third mixtape? Come on, bro. Like, no one wants to have that underground discussion. Now, uh, your name on there, on social media, mm-hmm. Crazed African. Mm-hmm. Uh, which part of Africa? Nigeria. Nigeria. Born in Liberia, both parents Nigerian. Wow. That's big. Yeah. Shout out to like people from Liberia. So that's an interesting place. Very. A lot of history. A lot of history. Of course, Nigeria has history too. Mm-hmm. But Liberia. Now, do you feel that in your next series of the your composition book, you made it a hot line, mm-hmm. that there are possibly some people that are from Africa that people don't realize that they have hotlines that affected many places around Africa or their country in Africa? And the continent of Africa and outside of Africa. No, absolutely. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. I guess because hip-hop is so vast, saying the most influential lines in hip-hop unfortunately speaks to hip-hop in its totality, but I'm speaking to hip-hop Western Hemisphere. Of course. You know what I mean? That's so what we're acting like in your next series. Yeah, I mean, so my next yeah. series, I can. I don't even think I'd be equipped to write that because I would have to have 30 to 40 years of knowledge of hip-hop in so Solar or um, Cardinal Official, like these are certain guys. France, that, Canada. Like they've made it here, but I'm sure there's a huge market in France and Canada where if I went up there talking about those guys, they'd look at me like, bro, you have no clue what you're talking about. And it's because I am not from that. I, I, I didn't grow up in that. So I would, I would love to write the most influential lines in the world, but my knowledge base is steeped in East Coast and American um, culture. Do you see this like you know how they they do those those things on like VH1 or whatever? Absolutely. whatever. I've already seen that. There's a, there's a movie in my head. There's a documentary. There's an audio book. There's, there's there's a series. If I got the dream budget, I would absolutely turn this into something that hip hop fans would enjoy more than just. A, you mean when you get the dream budget? Yeah, yeah. It's actually true. It's actually with brothers. Huh? Actually. Yeah, they they, they seem to have other uh, plans for their budget. But yeah, no, I mean, I really do believe it has, like, the legs to, it's cute, it's engaging, and it actually, the learning component is such that Mm. all generations can appreciate it, not just the, not the old school cat versus the new school cat kind of thing, because I'm not a big fan of those discussions going on these days either, we're all 
So yeah, it's, it's counterproductive. It's too actually. much. It's really too Very much. Like, like, like said. everyone who's new doesn't like everyone who's old, and you should know how to rhyme on that dude's beat. But I'm 18, bro. Like, and who told me about that dude? Yeah. And I'm from the south. Like, and everybody has their eras. It's like you know, let people have their thing. Our thing was <laughs> literally original. So if we would have gotten the flack from the R&B cats that we're giving the hip hop cats. Oh, but they did. But that's the thing. Like but you did to, get the flack. We, we got the flack. Maybe social media that makes everything so like pervasive. Yeah. But like now, I have a site on not a site. I have a group on Facebook called uh, "You Made It a Hotline," and every other day there are cats who are my age and older spending their time telling you how much of the music they hate. Oh, look at this cat. He's terrible. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at the freshman class. Of, and I'm just going. If you spent a third of the time promoting the dudes you like instead of flooding my timeline with all the cats you don't like, maybe I'd be more inclined to go buy Redman's new album instead of hating hip-hop and everything it stands for because you don't like Young Thug. Promote your cause instead of... Exactly. All right. Here's here's the thing. And C-Truth is absolutely correct with you as well. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, there's tons of music that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Okay, but... But the tons, I don't even really know because I don't even spend that much time trying to find out the tons. I find out the good music I do like. And, you know, C talks about this before. And you just mentioned about how people would, like, look at the stuff they don't like or they they just, but they'll they'll still constitute the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, you don't want to find the good ones out there, but you want to kind of talk about the seven ones as always played on the places that you still listen to. You still press the button to listen to them. So who's really crazy? Them or you? That's actually been one of my running arguments with all these cats. I'm like, if it's 20 years later and you're listening to Hot 97, BLS, and and, um, Kiss, still waiting for Red Alert, Funkmaster Flex, and to play the best hip-hop songs ever, you're a fool because it's 20 years later. And you can go on SoundCloud and DatPiff and Sirius and XM and all these other, and YouTube. And you can click one video on YouTube and let the thing autoplay and you will find so many new dope. But you want to look at it the same way. You want to go about it the same thing that you understand. That's the definition of crazy. And that's literally the definition of crazy. You're doing something that you And I'm not trying to play people, but it is what you're looking at the same, looking at and doing the same thing, expecting different results. That's also the definition of lazy. It's lazy and crazy because you just want to be able to flip a dial and fight. Lazy. It's crazy. Yeah, so crazy. do do the work or be Hashtag quiet. That. Hashtag crazy. <laughs> and it, it's just it's. I'll never forget the time when you know it, when we really started you know excelling in the scene mm-hmm. when people looked at us and laughed because we were also on the internet. It's like, <laughs> you guys also on it. You guys are just internet radio. Like, no, we're not just internet radio. We're actually on the radio dial, too. Yeah. But we're also on the internet as well because of our affiliations with certain uh, networks. And they laughed. And then not too long later, they had their hands in their heads like, the internet's killing us. Yeah. What are we going to do? It's so hard for us right now on radio. I'm like, well, well us in radio? No, 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 no. We. We. Thermal Soundwaves <laughs> Radio, CJ and myself and all that, we're good. Yeah. We're great right now because people can now say, you know what? I have an option. I mean, you always had an option, but now you have a direct option in your face. Let me click this. Oh, also, like you said, now it's sending me to somewhere else. Yeah. I, I listened to one song from whatever, uh, let's say, for example, uh, 
Nas, and I found out who Lil Uzi Vert is. Like, who's Lil Uzi Vert? Next, you know, I'm finding out Famous Dex. Oh God! I'm finding out. I'm finding <laughs> I, out I, Nita over there in Nigeria. Uh, just I'm finding out about um, uh, yeah. LAX and Starboy. Like, what, what is going on here? It's just like no, it's definitely you a lot. get I'm, lost, I'm, and you you start having like you could have that moment of epiphany where you can even you can even get emotional. Like, what have I been missing all these years? There is so much out there if you're willing to. And here's the funny thing about all this crap. For the last 20, 30 years of hip-hop, the top three dudes have always been the best lyricists ever. So you can hate hip-hop all you want to, do, to right now. If cats like, yo, who's the best? J. Cole's name would come up. Kendrick's name would come up. Whoever's writing so Drake stuff. Would, too. I'm so tired of that Yeah, and that's, and that's why the list needs to go away. Because it, the list has become, a, has become, it became a marketing tool. It has nothing to do with who's best or not. It's, all right, if I say I'm number one long enough... You're going to believe it. You're going to propagate it. You're going to buy my album. Just, just keep taking it to the market. Like, I remember when Weezy it. went through his whole I'm the be best, greatest rapper alive campaign. Kanye went through his ge his genius campaign. It's just like a reinforcement thing. If you say it enough, they'll eventually buy it. And then, so it's more, and that's what I'm saying. Unfortunately, slash fortunately, it's grown to the point where you can have multimillionaires, but they're doing things for the sake of the business aspect. So right, give and <laughs> take. It can't just be all art, all, altru all altruistic when... They're grown ups and they need to, and they're making exactly. millions of dollars off of it. Exactly. Another uh, point about your book is you don't just talk about lines, mm. your lyrics. You go deep into what these things mean mm. and even historical things like Ahmad back in the day. Yeah. You talk about it's emotional song. the different things that he spoke about childhood, really, yeah. the memories, and, and how that sparks the memories of your childhood. Yeah. And thinking back to, oh, remember when I used to do this, like growing up here or there and whatnot, which is a universal thing. It's not just hip-hop. And then that that line specifically, that's the beauty of it. He's talking about games I never played, but all you need to do is take his games out and put it in with the games that you did play, and it makes perfect sense to mm -hmm. you, and that's why it's a West Coast song that means so much to an East Coast cat. That's how, you know what I mean? So that's, those are the kind of lines that I believe should be in the book. Like, it's influential regardless of where you were. Like, it speaks to you. Absolutely. I, I just hearing that song, and he wasn't even like rapping loud. Or just, it was just real, like he's talking to you. Like the the, yeah. the Teddy Pendergrass sample, like every, it couldn't have been. It was like the perfect palette for that message. He'll make you feel like maybe when your parents was together, maybe when you didn't have to worry about bills, maybe we, just just simple things, and that's why I feel this book that you have. Uh, you, you made it a hot line. It's very, it's, a, it's very good. I'm, not just because of the pictures. I love the pictures, mm -hmm. but each, each line from a song, mm -hmm. you can spend hours thinking about what were you doing around these times. What did you gain? What did you lose? Yeah. What did you go through? For each line and, and and just just dialysis analysis of that line you you could just learn, you just go through it for hours for each one so this is something that you could you could probably spend a long time trying to go through not because you can't read fast mm -hmm. but because everything you remember for each one each one of these these topics these lines right? yeah no it like i said it they're 
one of the the concepts that I had for the book, and I think I may have incorporated it unwillingly or unknowingly, was essentially telling the story of a kid growing up utilizing hip hop lines to timestamp points in growth and development. So all these lines kind of reflect that. Like today was a good day. I remember crossing Stuyvesant and having the cops. Like it's so vivid to me having these two cops driving. I'm trying to cross. And they're driving, and they slow down, and they look at me dead in my eye, and he's like, "Yo, you got a problem?" And I'm yeah. like, "Yo, is that something that we all like know? Yes. We all been yeah. through that." But exactly. It's, but it's crazy, and yeah. I'm just like, "No, I don't have a problem." But I'm like 15, 16. My best friend lives on the corner, and I'm going. I've never been more afraid in my life, and I know what beef is because, like I said, I'm going to check my boy in Bed Stuy. But most of the times, the antagonist, and people will just not understand it, it was the cops. Like, there's another instance where I, everyone's seen Boys in the Hood. There's a cut, uh, there's a, what is it? Way. I don't know whether it was a cutlass or something. It was a caprice rolling down Pennsylvania Ave, windows jet black tinted, half cracked. The eyes. Three, the eyes, three white guys. The only thing missing was a shotgun sticking out, but that was the Ricky scene. And I'm like, yo. But they're cops. But that is the Rick. That's the boys in the hood scene. With and unless you experience that, you know, today was a good day. Takes on a whole new meaning. If you have those, the way you guys' faces are right now, like I can see that. You know what I mean? You had the yeah. exact <laughs> same experience, so you know it means today's a good day. Is a cute thing when yeah, I got a promotion right now. <laughs> Back then. Your boy not dying, you not being robbed. Yes, nothing. That, that was real. That was real. Like it was literally, it was a good day when nothing happened, because if something was going to happen, chances are it wasn't going to be good. And you know, most people will never understand ever. that. Ever. Especially, don't get me wrong. Things happen now. Things, a lot of things are crazy now. But if you never experienced the eighties or the nineties. You really can't. It's like a person now probably ain't built. To, oh no, they're not. They're not built <laughs> they're not. to and, last back and, then. And, like, and, and, and you, you, you can, not to cut you. I'm sorry, no, but no, no, no. Like, I'm seeing these guys, and and I'll see somebody walking around with, you know, like some gazelle glasses and and the chains and 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 the eight ball jacket or just a little. Funky Jacks, I'm like, yo, man, you you really couldn't wear that jacket unless <laughs> you was that dude or you, or you a girl and that was your boyfriend was that dude or your brother was that dude. And or you were, ran you affiliated. with a bunch of dudes. Like, yeah. like it was that, your, <laughs> yeah. the clothing you wore meant something. Same damn low sweater. Yeah. Don't, like, <laughs> don't rock no polo teddy in the middle of the anything with the wrong part of... You're going home with no shirt, bro. No lives. People would really will walk. Shout out to Double L. People, yeah. matter of fact, I saw um. <laughs> this is this is this goes good right together. I saw Paradise Gray. Jim Money oh, yeah. Paradise Gray from X Clan. Yes. Mm-hmm. He Zoom. is a he's a curator now for the Universal Hip Hop Museum, just a photography. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking. We did an interview. We were just laughing, and he looked at my sneakers like my sneakers. He said, "Back in the days, this is what I do." And he put his sneaker next to my sneaker. And he said, I'll look at you. I say, they look like my size. And it's so still deep and still mm. in him. 
Yeah. For him to do that, even though he wasn't going to do that, but it, th- that's how serious it yeah. was. Yeah. And this man grayed up with a long beard. <laughs> yeah. That's the culture. Like, yeah. it, it's like, just so deeply instilled. It's like when you tell somebody that is a that is a blood or a crip in L.A., like, you're stupid for doing that. Yeah, they are stupid for the, the ignorant thing they do, but mm-hmm. no it's different. so deeply instilled in yeah. them. That was part of that's the culture. culture. And, was, and to yeah. the point where there are two questions you did not want to hear growing up. What size is that? And you got beef with my cousin. Because there was no cousin. You just knew you was about to get yeah. molly whopped. And what size is any compliment or what size is that meant that you weren't leaving with that? You're my and man. Nice watch. Nice sneakers. The only way you get respect if you yeah. say your size. Because, you know, I'm going to get jumped, <laughs> but at least you know I, I tried. Yeah, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if they liked you enough, they would beat you down, but they respected your heart. If they didn't like you, they would beat you down, and that'd be it. It's a wrap. You got to go home a different way. You got to transfer schools. You got to move. So the gazelles now are worn for a novelty, and it's probably better that way. Like, one, the other thing I don't like doing is telling these kids how, oh, y'all are soft. Back in my day, you wouldn't have made it. Let's just call it what it is. A lot of a lot of us are lucky. I can tell you that I don't know about you two, but there there's a day or two growing up in the eighties where if it would have went left, you wouldn't be here. Correct. Of course. So you know what I mean? Like of course. we like to wear like a badge of honor, but we got lucky because a couple of our men's did not they made the wrong turn. Right. And it wasn't doing anything worse or better than what we were doing. But it's surviving it's survival it's survival. areas of as under siege. Which is what it was. It, we, we all have undiagnosed I mean, PTSD, but you weren't expected. If you're, especially black males, you weren't expected to live past a certain age, mm-hmm. 18, 21. I'm like serious? literally, yeah. you weren't expected to live past those, and that's like you haven't even begun to experience yeah. life yet. Yeah. At those ages. But you're dealing with death but at you're fifteen. Dealing, and, exactly. And you like, deal with all of that, and then once you get past that, I know people who are like don't know what to do it's like i got past like 21 like, like i, I passed what, the level what, what, what am i to do now what, what, what am i to do it is it's 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 good it's so bad and that's what i'm saying it like is we bad. wear it as a back back to lehman so my first year at lehman <laughs> i didn't get my bonus and i didn't know i didn't get a bonus now one of my friends she's been working there for a couple of months and she's like yeah but she showed me her form and where my ex said zero hers had a number so i'm like How's it you've been working for three months and I've been here for Udine and, and you got a bonus and I didn't. Udine is straight Brooklyn slang. Straight. Right so, you know, <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm in Avenue of the Americas, I'm in suit and tie, and then they're calling me in the room to talk about my bonus and how they feel I, was, I, I wasn't deserving of it. Wow. So now... But all the people in the conference rooms are starting to, not the conference rooms, the cubicles, you see the head stick out. See, truth, when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> yes. And this, okay. is when, <laughs> and this is when you realize you can't keep it real. This is when you realize how you've been right. conditioned. So I'm in the, not even realizing, that I'm just like, yo, like, what do you mean? Like, you see how I'm moving right now. See how right. I'm gesturing. <laughs> like, my shoulders are bopping. Right, like, right, my hands right. are doing things. And Destiny. you don't realize how demonstrative you talk when you're conditioned to be we talk like we're pop locking yo in the hood everybody or, or yeah. how masculine you are however you choose to couch it it is uncomfortable to them so not realizing that you've been conditioned your entire life to 
when somebody steps on your sneakers, but you're no longer at war. Now you're a grown man who can't flip out simply because somebody smudged your puma. But for 20 years, you're actually fish cake if you don't flip out because somebody <laughs> smudged your puma. So this is all that you grew up in war, but war is over now. So how are you supposed to a- kind of adapt that's, to... That's called PTSD. Straight up and down. But that's what I'm saying. I think it's one of the most undiagnosed things because we just, because everybody had a crazy childhood. A crazy childhood was the norm. Well, so what? You all, you lived, right? Yeah, but... There's residues. <laughs> and also, shout out to, yeah. shout out to our, our guys out there in California. You know, uh, we was told some stories that, you know, when I tell people, like, you know, how crazy it was back in the 80s and 90s, how some people, you catch a body, do seven years, come home easily. Yeah. A, over a body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, but some of them, sometimes... You know, no, it can be a wedding, ain't that right? See, and that and that OG gangster come out and they stand, they stand a certain way. You're like, on me. I'm like, what is on me? What do you? What's on you? Now you're talking about on me. Yeah, and they, they, they have that stance and they can't shake it. They speak different. They move different. It. There's some YouTube clip about some guy who's like an OG something and he's trying to be a reverend and it is the funniest thing on earth. You have to watch this YouTube clip. Like he is preaching, but he is cursing up a storm. He stops everything and starts sea walking in the middle of the whole thing. <laughs> it is. It did, is. Did vin- he stand with his left foot every, out. His, it is. You gotta watch how he stands. It stands. No, no, no. This is what I'm telling you. Like it is so. If you didn't know what an OG Crip was, the first words out of your mouth would be OG Crip. Just off the way he's standing, the shirt open, the even the. Body structure is one of a gang banger because of how you know what I mean. So it's right. It's a culture, bro. Like, and if you're immersed in it fully enough, you won't even understand where you start and where you stop. That's that, just what that, it is. That, that bodybuilding was with uh, people like Tuki. Yeah, yeah. People, and a lot of people don't know Tuki was even on the game show as a bodybuilder. I didn't even know that he came out and he was in you know bodybuilding again. He was doing showing his muscles for the um, <laughs> for the con- for the contestants and 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 the ladies. Yeah. Like I, I'm gonna find that. Cause I remember seeing that it was a game show back in the days. So yeah, I believe it was. I'm 98 percent sure, but they was really big on that. But like, but they still move a certain way. It's a certain. I mean, they they, they just move a certain way. Same and like, thing with us though. Like there's a, there's a Diddy right. Bop. There's a there's a right. way you walk in Brooklyn. Right. There, there's a way. You're, it it, it may just where you're from. It may just be me. There's a certain Brownsville face. Yeah. To you, the extent you, that. MOP, yes. Billy Dan's and, and, and Little Fame look like dudes. <laughs> yeah. Billy Dan's, Little Fame, um, Mike Tyson, they almost kind of have like the same yeah. facial. Sean Price. Yeah, Sean P. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, looked at, I looked at his mural. Yeah. He had the Browns yeah. on face. Riddick, it was Riddick, like Riddick Bow. Absolutely. It's, I'm like, how the hell do you have your anatomical features match your region? That's a very good point. It's made. it's crazy, it's a man. Face. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like a. I see people from Fort Greene and they look a certain way. Best side is like you know, it's almost it's your environment. Fort Green, it's you your environment. You it literally physically ways. molds you. Yeah. Like there's a Brownsville look, and you just kind of knew like East New York, Brownsville, ENY. Like, like it's it's just yeah. It's just but but that, even man. Harlem dudes move a certain way. Yes, they do. Like Absolutely. like it's a yeah, it's absolutely. a thing, and it's yeah, so regional. Yeah. It's so funny too. Like it. But that's the creativity of people. Also, it's like you can take you could have everybody given English. Yeah. And after a while, depending on where they go, where they move to, it'll be a different language. Yeah, the dialect is absolutely going to shift. Different language. Like, 
and that's different codes of dress, but that's adaptations to different environments. That's, that's, and that's what, what makes and the creativity so of yeah. we we as a people people of color, mm-hmm. we create different means because we we're we're creative people. Yeah. So we're gonna take something and we're gonna make it our own in some kind of way. We that's what we do. I mean, <laughs> something as simple as jokes. That's a joke is nothing but taking something and spinning it and building on it and spinning it and we don't need much. You give us a turntable, we'll make a whole new instrument out of it. We essentially worked with what we had. So you got the voice and you got what's in the house. You got to, and cats are gonna joke, cats are gonna rap, cats are gonna sing, but all cats are doing are expressing themselves creatively. And you wanna see creativity? Watch two dudes like snapping on each other in the street. Because everyone knows who the funniest person is. The level of. Like, and everyone knows who the funniest cat on the block is. And they can't wait for him to get going. Because once he gets going, it's a free show. Yep. You can't stop him. How fast he is, how witty he is. It's. Yeah, the level of creativity in our in our exactly. neighborhoods are absolutely exactly. it's, it's unmeasurable. And this all comes back to your book. You made it a hotline, mm-hmm. most influential lines in hip hop, because mm-hmm. all of these things we're talking about are the artists who create all of these things, mm-hmm. these lines and these songs and, and so forth, based on these experiences. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 that's what I'm saying. Who better to not even so much, so much who better to, but the artist has their viewpoint and they put it out there and all the fans have their viewpoints but i don't think i've seen a a super fan perspective so to speak of what we thought it meant to us and the fact that i get the the reactions that i'm getting means i think i'm on the right path in terms of how i felt is probably how you felt like if you're from the genre i'm not gonna say anything that's mad left wing you know what i mean remember that time when dmx made you cry Nah, son. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, son. You know what I mean? What so you talking just, about? So, certain things. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I really, really tried to keep it as, as true true to form as, as as possible. And they've already told you their story. I want, I would like to tell how their story affected my life. I think, what, the only song with DMX that was probably, I guess, remotely re- <laughs> emotional was Slipping. Ah. I'm slipping. Falling. Yeah. Can't get up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's a tough a song, bit. though. That's it's a tough, it's song. tough song. It's a very tough song. Tough yeah. song. But I was like, I was like, oh, I was looking at the video. I was like, damn, that's sad. I was like, oh, look at Eve. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was in the sprinklers. Interesting. Bobby didn't realize that she was in the sprinklers. Right, like, oh, wow. right. But it's relatable to that song. Yes, it for is. anybody, because who hasn't gone through their point in time where they they fallen? And 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 again, that's why I think the book, the subject matter in the book, like. Every line has a social social subject, social construct, whether you're dealing with um, underserved communities or body image. Like, they all have specific social, specific social topics. So all these artists are doing to me are just highlighting these social topics for my culture, for my generation. Because I'm sure if you go back 20, 30 years, Bob Dylan and Marvin Gaye did it for their, for their culture and their generation. Right. Like, wherever you are, there's going to be certain... Not so much gatekeepers, but certain people who bring the message to the forefront. So these are the guys that brought these social messages to the forefront for me and my generation. I think they deserve to be. Absolutely. You made it a hotline, the most influential lines in hip hop, volume one. Volume one. Alfred OBSC, who's uh, book. joining us. Yes, yes. Great, great piece and beautifully done. Who was the artist that, that did? Uh, Shaw Wonders. 
phenomenal artist, Grammy award-winning artist. He's, I mean, it, I could sing his praises, but it's one of those things where you just have to take a look at the image to understand. And the way, the way he did the the artwork was the way um I wrote the book. Like I saw a few of his pieces, and it wasn't even a, yo, you need to do this, you need to do that. I sent him the lines. I was like, bro, do whatever you want. So he would take a look at a certain line, and he would draw how he felt. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's art. Like, like he, me, yeah, he needed no direction with that line. Yeah. Like he did a wonderful job with your mix of lots of imagery. Yes, that's just me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can put this on your, uh, you know, it's art, it's paintings. It's yeah, 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 I've gotten a lot of. I, I want this on my wall. Like they're all. Like I said, I tried to make it as robust as possible. They're T-shirts. Ice so Cube cool. and NWA is coming in Q4. So nice. Yeah, this is this is, this is a beautiful, beautiful piece. Yeah, no, it's exciting. so. Where can people uh, uh, get the book and, and support and, and so forth? The book is currently available on One Track Mind. That's uh, the website that we, um, me and my business partners own, I write for. It's also available on Amazon. It's also available on Greenlight Books. Uh, we're talking to Strands. We're talking to Barnes & Noble. Like they're, the level of interest is more than I could have anticipated, so I'm trying to facilitate all these pipelines. But right now, like I said, One Track Mind, Amazon, Greenlight Bookstores. Absolutely, and and when you do that 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 piece for the VH1 and all that, like you know, you need somebody to <laughs> do your voiceovers. Like we we, we does this. Hey, you know what I, mean? I, I, I may need somebody to to voice the audiobook for volume two. We so does this. We does this. We, uh, <laughs> like, like C just said, we does this. Absolutely. Don't worry about the English grammar. It's, <laughs> it is what it is. The grammatization of it all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We I'll, can do it all. But uh, thank you very much for for coming through and big ups to HB. Yeah, because he's he's the one that actually brought you to my attention. And uh, HB, that's my guy. We, yeah, we 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 go back to like radio <laughs> coalition days and whatnot. So big up. Oh, to you HB. Are, you know, I'm back in Baruch and all that, or Stony yeah. Brook. <laughs> well, I was I was at Hunter. Oh, okay, I was at Hunter. He was at Baruch, and, but. You. We we had people in the group that was from Stony Brook and like all over Rutgers. Gotcha, like, gotcha. So yeah, yeah, that's my guy. I mean, that's one of my business partners too. So, oh no doubt, yeah, so, good dude, good yeah, dude, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, my success. Thank you so much. And looking forward to part two. Absolutely. And the films and everything else that's coming, like you said, you know, when you get that, when. not if. No, know, there is no when you, when you get. You're moment. right. I'm glad you corrected me. It's a matter of time. <laughs> Just make no sure that we reflects in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can have you made it a hotline for people that's, you know, dealing in hip hop, but we're radio guys. Hey, you made it a hotline the the the, the radio DJ perspective. Crazy. We did make up crazy. We did. Yeah, we did. So that should be in your next one. All right, that's what we're talking about. See, good job. Anyway, thank you for being on the program, Ms. Albert. Oh, yes. Anybody want to give a shout to? Uh, yes. One track mine. My entire, like I said, all my business partners: Doug, Eric, HB. All of Brooklyn, everyone who supported me, of mm -hmm. course, the obligatory family members of which I am nothing without. So, shout out to everyone who's been helping me throughout this entire journey. It's been absolutely amazing. So, shout out to you guys, too. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. That's what we do, man. Thermal Soundwave, the natural alternative to fast food radio, track, light, track radio. life radio. Thermal Soundwave.